This is the Homeowner Show. Whether you're DIY or looking to hire, we're here to bring you the best information and options for you and your home. I'm your host, Craig Williams, live Woodlands Waterway, in front of the pub, Baker Street Pub, to be exact. Glad you guys could join us. It's going to be a fun evening here live at... I'm going to reach across here and get recorded on that, too. Okay, good. I am I'm running the show all by myself because Kevin is off doing the youth minister thing. Uh, so glad you guys can join us here on Facebook, YouTube. If you haven't yet, hit the subscribe button, click the thumbs up, all the fun stuff. Follow the show because we want to make sure that you guys don't miss an episode. And it really helps out the show in the algorithms. So I got a, a fun guest tonight. Let me see if I can get this all set up here. There we go. See how this is. Oh, there we go. All right. Let everybody know who you are and what you do. So my name is Diane Reynolds, and my husband and I run a nonprofit called Matthew's Light, and we help the homeless. Awesome. So how did you guys get started in this? Actually, pull, pull that just a little bit closer. Better? Yes, ma'am. Okay. So, uh, well, we started about 10 years ago um, volunteering at our church. Okay. And... Then we had an opportunity to volunteer at a warming station overnight that was housing homeless uh, during the winter. Real quick, what's a warming station? It's in place of a shelter. Okay. Uh, that they can't reside there, but we can set up temporary cots, and then they have to leave the next morning. So, like for like around here, nights when it's dipping down into the 30s, 40s. Right. Okay. And this was back in New York. Back. Okay. Yes. So, so what? I'm just curious. In New York, what is? When do they open those kind of places up? Is it same same temperatures or is it? Yeah, during the winter, okay. uh, they open it. So uh, it's the beginning of winter through the first day of spring that those okay. are open. And this one was at a church. Okay. So uh, I spent the night, the first night doing that. Uh, they had to have a monitor overnight to stay awake while the customers, the clients were sleeping. Okay. And that was my first introduction to homeless people. Mm -hmm. And I was a little nervous to start because I had never been exposed to it before. Right. But as I sat there and I talked to them and I got to hear their stories and find out that they were actually employed or they had hopes and dreams and what got them to that position, mm -hmm. my heart was just opened up completely. Right. So my husband and I moved to Texas uh, two years ago. Welcome. Thank you. <laughs> and we started uh, working with another couple who feed the homeless. Just a couple of people go down once a month and just feed the homeless. Right. And we were so struck by that, the people down by Minute Maid. Uh, we started going more often, and then we started bringing them some provisions, some clothes, some hygiene products. Yeah. And we were so moved by everything that we decided that we needed to go bigger. So we made our own nonprofit. Okay. So now there's a community that we serve there that's about 300 homeless people. Wow. And we go down with 50 volunteers. It's completely, totally volunteer. Nobody takes a salary. Okay. And we bring them a, a wonderful lunch. But then they go down the line. They get their hygiene packs. They get clothes, shoes, blankets, coats. Um, there's a prayer team there if they want it. Nothing mm -hmm. is forced on them. Right. My husband is a pastor, and he oversees the prayer team for that to uh, talk to the people if they need that. We also hand out information for other resources to help them get off okay. the street. But people don't really know that if you apply for assistance through the city, through the state, 
it take up to two years before you reach the top of the list and you're actually housed. Okay. So they're on the streets waiting for their number to come up, so to speak. So what? It, one real quick, I want everybody listening because we have we have people that listen across the country. And Minute Maid Park is downtown Houston. It's yes. the middle of downtown Houston, um, which I would imagine there's a lot of congregating homeless people in in the downtown area. Yes. Probably more than 300 than the people that you're dealing. Oh, with. Oh, absolutely. So, um, but. Man, I forget where I was going with that. <laughs> I want to make sure people know what Minute Maid was. Uh, oh, what is, what is assistance? I mean, like, because you say it can take two months to get assistance. It could take two years. Two years, sorry. Yes. Two years to get assistance. To come to the top of the list to um, to be placed in an apartment or housed. Okay, so housing assistance. Yes. This isn't like food stamps or this is just housing. Correct. Okay. And, and why is it taking so long for people to get help with that? Um, there's just no affordable housing anymore. And that's a big problem. Okay. When we started doing this, it was five volunteers, and we would serve 50, 60, maybe 65 people. Right. And then the moratorium on the evictions uh, from COVID ended. And overnight, we had another 100, and then shortly after that, another 100. So then we were up to 300, and it just kept growing. Mm. And that became the issue. But what a lot of the people that are down there are employed. Homeless they, but employed. Yes. Okay. They cannot afford the, the rents. The rents have gone up so high yeah. that if you're making $15 at 18 even $20 an hour, you can't afford the rents now. So they're working and they're homeless. Do you have any idea about like what the average rent is in that area for like low? I, I would imagine like low income housing is what is, is that? Is that but the, that's almost impossible to find. Impo- and that's the problem. Because there's no available low income housing. Right. So they're having... What they're having to do is actually step up to another level of residence that right. they then they can't afford. Right. What is that level? Do you know what that? I'm not quite sure what the rents are down there. I, I, I mean, like it's downtown Houston. I mean, like mm-hmm. up here. I mean, like I think it's averaging like two thousand dollars a month. Yes. For like a, a even, one bedroom, two bedroom right. apartment. Even if it was eighteen hundred dollars down there, if you're making fifteen dollars an hour, that's just not happening. It's just right. Yeah. Even if you can afford the rent, then you can't afford the utilities. You can't afford food. Yeah. You know, things. And then I'm constantly hearing, well, they just need to go get a job. But who's going to hire them if they don't have access to a shower? Right. Or if they don't have clothes to change into or even an address to fill out their forms. Right. So it goes deeper than tell them to just get a job. Yeah. Well, and we so like we used to my wife and I and a a group of our friends, we used to work with quite a few homeless people just in the spring area. There's a there was a big population in at an overpass that we lived near. And we decided uh, every Sunday we were just going to take dinner mm-hmm. and we, I think we ended up doing that for like two years. Yeah. And one of the things I remember vividly about most of those guys is they said, if I could just get a driver's license, yeah. if I could just get identification, I, things would change. Yes. Um, but you can't get identification without an address. Right. And, and so like, I, I don't, I think a lot of people don't understand that like they're, there are barriers there because of that. Like you can't say the tent underneath the overpass is your address. It just doesn't work. Right. And, um, and, and then most of them had stories of families that had, you know, just been at their wits end with them. Mm-hmm. And, and this is, this is just, they had no other options because their families were just done with them Absolutely. For, for whatever reason. And, the, and there is lots of reasons, right? You know, um, about over 30% of the men down there are veterans. Mm. So that 
hurts a lot of the time. My husband's a veteran, okay. so he is very focused on helping them and talking to them. Yeah. So can if if you're a homeless guy or gal and you're a veteran, can you go to the VA? I mean, for housing? No, no, no. For oh. like, for like, I'm just wondering. For their medical coverage yeah. and thing. Yes, they can do that. Well, I'm I'm wondering like how that works if they don't have like identification or you know what I mean. I mean, there, I, there are organizations that help them get their forms and things they need. Uh-huh. So that yeah, they they can absolutely get help from the VA. Are those things that you guys help assist with at all, or are you guys mainly focused on just helping giving giving them care there? We are giving them care there, but we do have like information to give them where to go. Okay. If they need further assistance. And how how many like auxiliary organizations are you guys working with? Oh, I don't know. I would say at least ten. Really? Yeah. And each one of those is doing something different, huh? Correct. Yeah. Yeah. It, what's so? What what is something that you think? most people don't understand about homeless people in, in, in general um in general that most people are afraid of them okay and they're so nice sure they're just they're on hard times mm-hmm. they have hopes they have dreams they don't want to be there for the i mean there's a very small percentage that do, that does want to stay out there right but they really want to get off the streets this is not the life that they chose right for whatever reason, um, it, where they were abused or things have happened and they made mistakes, so maybe they have a record and that getting a job that's any kind of job when you have a record could be very difficult. Yeah. So to restart programs, we need more of, but it's just that it's so expensive mm. right now. Yeah, and I, I can imagine like any, at some point it's just, there's like a level of hopelessness that probably settles in. Right. Like, why would I, why would I take this little step when like, like I'm not going to get a house because it's taken two years. I talked to my buddy and like two, and sometimes the two year thing is not even happening. Right. Um, well, and like that's, that's something I'm, I'm, I'm just curious about in general. Like if it's taken two years and these people don't have addresses, how are they finding them to let them know that they've been approved or rejected or, they do have to keep checking in. Okay. They, okay, so it's like a... Right. And they, they do get phones um, from assistance programs to keep okay. checking in. Okay. And it, is, this, is this a government program? Yeah. Okay, so who are they checking in with? Uh, they, ha- they all have caseworkers. Like, I'm asking, like, what is the department? Or um, It would probably be under the HUD and also their social services program. There's lots of social services programs that are through the city. Is, I mean, so is it like is it like an office you just kind of walk into and? They, yes. Yeah. Yes. Interesting. Yeah. I'm, I'm like I'm half curious, going like if I'm ever homeless, I need to know this. <laughs> <laughs> Where do I go? <laughs> well, we we have big plans um, in the future. We're talking to people about starting something big. Okay. Um, which hopefully is something that can be replicated in other inner city areas. Okay. Where we want to take an abandoned building, an abandoned warehouse, um, and be future thinking uh-huh. with sustainable energies, um, make it a sustainable building, uh, aquaponics, indoor gardening. Oh, you're talking my language with aquaponics. Yes. I love that stuff. Yes. It's so super cool. We're talking to um, a very interesting company that is uh, going to partner with us to try to make this happen. Okay. Very cool. So, and, and so what is, 
what would be your end goal with that? Why do you want to have all those things in place? So basically it would be a sort of like a shelter, but the problem with some of the shelters when I talk to the men is they don't want to be in a group with all men. They with, don't feel with old men? With all men. All men. I got room. you. Okay. So in one like, room. Well, that's ageism. You can. Yeah. So they, they don't want to risk their stuff being stolen. They don't want to okay. fight. Yeah. They don't want to be kept up all night. So that's why most of the men prefer to stay out in the streets than go to the shelter. Okay. So if we had, if we started with more of a sleep pod, like a single room, no, no amenities in it, just a bed. I got you. Um, so they had their own private space, safety to get off of the street. That they, I guess they could lock during the day. Yes. Or, okay, yeah. yeah. They, uh, they have to leave it during the day. This is just a safe place to sleep ah, at night. Ah, okay, yeah. And then if they want to go through the programs, we want to offer them programs um, from rehab, drug programs, job training, things like that that we could do. And then they can move up into one of the apartments as they're going through, like a studio. And it'll be com- communal meals and things like that. Sure. So, but let's teach them future industries. Uh-huh. Let's teach them the sustainable energies and, and the hydroponic and aquaponic gardening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, let's train them how to really be self-sufficient. And the people that we're planning on working with, can I say their name? Sure, yeah. The, the Kalos Project. Kalos? Kalos Project. Okay, what's right? that? They're the ones that are um, planning on doing the aquaponics. Okay. And that sort of things. Is, is that something they're already involved with? Yeah, they're wonderful. They're yeah. young, young group of kids that are just going to take over the world one day. They're I'd love amazing. to talk to them because like, I, I, like I've, been, I've been looking into aquaponics uh, for the last five years. Right. Just, I mean, it's something I want to eventually put into my property. Um, it's just such, a, it's such an interesting closed ecosystem yeah. for creating sustainable food. Right. Well, Justin Wiley, if you're listening, <laughs> but that that is um, that would be like a model that can be replicated inner city. I'm talking about right all around the country, even internationally. Mm-hmm. One stop shopping to get people sus- off the streets completely. Mm. So that's kind of our goal is to be future driven huh. and not replicating what's already out there. I'll tell you one that you can add to your list that would be really helpful. Yes. Is beekeeping. Yes, on the roof. Why not? Well, no, and like here's the thing: is a lot of people don't realize this. Bees in inner cities do better than bees in the countryside. Okay. P- particularly in cities like Houston, where they have railways, and and there's there's a lot of theories to it. What it, what a lot of people think is because these railways have these hubs inside big cities, that they're actually bringing in a lot of um, pollens. On the rail cars. Nice. That's a smorgasbord of healthy diet for the for the bees rather than just a monolithic diet of like almonds or oranges or whatever. Right. They're getting stuff from all over the country that's then being brought into that hub. And so then they have this buffet. Right. Varied uh, diet. Yeah. And so like they're, they're finding like bees on top of hotel roofs that are like, you know, really, really high where bees typically don't do really well because they don't like to fly very high. But the, the, the hives themselves are thriving. Interesting. So, yeah. It's, it, and so, like, inner cities seem to be a really good place to raise. I, in fact, I had a buddy for a long time. He had taken over, like, an abandoned warehouse, and it was just full of bees. Nice. He just had hives all over the place. And, like, he was, <laughs> he was getting it for free because no one wanted that property. 
And then the bees were kind of acting like guard dogs to keep people out from <laughs> vandalizing the place. <laughs> yeah, we, we really want to get to know a lot more forward-thinking people. Yeah. You know, people that are interested in making a difference, but changing the way we do things. Mm. So do you, do you guys, I mean, what, what kind of resources do you guys need to accomplish your goals? Money. Money. <laughs> I, do you know how much? It's, um, we don't know, know yet. We're just going to start meeting with the architects and things like now to, and work on our business plan. Uh-huh. So before we do that, we're going to open a, a resale shop is our plan. So that can start funding our outreaches. Um, okay. We're solely reliant on donations now. And um, those are a little bit hard to come by because the homeless are not a warm, fuzzy group of people that people really want to... Excuse me. God bless Sorry. you. Thank you. That people really want to give their money for. Sure. With all these misconceptions about why they're homeless. And yeah. it, it's, not, it's not easy to get donations for that. Yeah. But we have the meat donated to us for when we, do, when we feed them. Okay. Um, from the Cowboy Church Meat Ministry. Okay. Those guys are awesome. They are awesome. Yeah. Uh, so it still costs us about $300 a month to get the styrofoam, clamshells, and side dishes and things like that. L- let, me, let me ask, what kind of meat are you getting from those guys? Uh, it varies. We get pork that we do, pulled pork. Okay. Uh, we get ground beef, uh-huh. uh, which we make chili or, you know, sloppy joes and stuff right. like that. Uh, we just got some roasts yesterday that we put up in the freezer for next mm. time. No wild game? I would imagine from the Cowboy Church, you got to be getting some wild game. Yeah, uh, they've offered it, <laughs> but I don't know what to do with it. Really? So, yeah. Oh, I can help you with that. <laughs> but it's, you're going to make 100 pounds of meat for us? Yeah. Okay. So 100 pounds is nothing. Make it up, and you <laughs> could come feed the, the homeless with us. I, we did it for a long time. Like, yeah, like 100 pounds is not. I mean, like what, what, what have they offered you? Um, well, I, they make me offers, and I, I'm always just like, I'll take the beef. Take the beef. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know, know what, what to do with do. that. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Well, it, depending on what it is, I mean, it's like, I would imagine it's either venison or pork that you're getting from wild game, around, at least around here. Oh, um, uh, probably. Probably but, not getting any squirrel. You know, they, they raise the cows, and they go through their rodeo circuit. Right. Once the cows go to slaughter, then they donate all of the meat to... Oh, that's um, so cool. Yeah, different charities and different organizations. Huh. Who's the? I'm trying to think of the um, the famous rock and roll guitarist that's a big game hunter. Ted Nugent. Thank you. That's see. Yeah, we can be friends. <laughs> that's that's what that's what he does. Is most like he takes he takes big groups on hunts and then he donates all the venison to homeless shelters. Nice. Um, to to feed them and it, I mean because it's it's crazy nutritious meat and all that kind yeah, of good stuff. Yeah, absolutely. But, yeah. Um, the, the, because you mentioned that you, you started in New York, I'm curious, is there a difference, at least that you've noticed, between the homeless population there and the homeless population here? Um, no, not really. Really? I think people are people no matter where you go, just yeah. the accents are different. The accents are different? That's it. <laughs> so, yeah, there's really no difference. Mm. And I, I know one of the things that a lot of people bring up when they start talking about homeless, the homeless population in general is, is mental health. Yes, how how big of an issue is that in your mind? And then, is I mean, is it a big issue in your mind? Oh, it is. It yeah. is a yeah. We we have several people that uh, have mental issues that we bring provisions to every month. Mm-hmm. So that's definitely a barrier to them moving forward. Yeah. Well, I, and I I think that's why a lot of people are sort of standoffish with them because they don't know how to engage that right. or or really how to even deal with that at all. 
Um, is is that a is that a significant barrier for people getting involved? Absolutely, it was for me in the yeah. beginning. You know, everybody's a little nervous, but they don't know because they're stigmatized. The homeless are stigmatized, and and they've just been given such a bad rap. Yeah. But you know, go to an outreach, volunteer somewhere with a group of people, so you're not afraid, and get to talk to them. Yeah. And they really are wonderful people. Uh, we 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 have one of our famous homeless i call him famous because everybody knows him (laughs) um and his name is grant and he's been there as long as we have uh he comes and he gets his stuff but it took us over a year before he would even look at us Mm. and now he jumps and he smiles for pictures and we adore him and every time we come he says i need a bible so we go get him a bible he says well i need two i need one for this guy over here but there's never anybody next to him (laughs) so we say okay grant you can have two bibles yeah so and he's very happy when he leaves so he's he's my favorite (laughs) but if anybody is curious they're welcome to come to an outreach with us yeah yeah, no, I, I think that'd be a good idea for anybody. I mean, like, just, I mean, like, look, go with people who understand yep. what's going on. Because I think for a lot of people, they, they feel like it's an unsafe situation. Right. You know? And we have never had any problems. Yeah. Not a single instance. When I, yeah, I mean, because I think that's what people are afraid of. They're afraid that because there's an issue of mental health that they're going to experience violence right. of some sort. And right. I, I'm, I'm with you. Like, I've, 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 I've worked with the homeless many, many times. And, like, when I initially started, yeah, I was, I was concerned. And we, we had a police officer with us at all times <laughs> just because we didn't know. Absolutely. You know, and we don't, we don't want to take any chances. Um, but, like, over time, it was like, well, this is kind of silly. These, that, that's Steve. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and that's just how it was. Yep. And, and they come and they give us hugs and, you yeah. know, they know we're going to be there. We're down there the second Saturday of every month. They know we're going to be there. They're yeah. online waiting for us when we pull up. So it's it's something that's necessary just to bring them the stuff like the hygiene packs we give them. Uh-huh. Um, a lot of people will give us soap and shampoo, but if you don't have access to running water, mm-hmm. that's not really something. So we give out baby wipes, deodorant, toothbrush, and toothpaste. That's the minimum that we put into our hygiene packs. Okay. But that costs us five dollars per pack. Oh wow. So, yeah, because we've never had enough donations to buy in a large bulk to reduce that price. Okay. So every month we go and we buy exactly what we need because that's all the money we have every month. So no one's donating those things. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So that would be helpful. That would be very helpful. So somebody listening could donate. Baby wipes. Baby wipes. Absolutely. What else? If you're a dentist, send me toothbrush and toothpaste. Yeah, because they get them. I mean, they've got boxes of them. Absolutely. They hand out for free. Yes. So we can use that. And uh, so the baby wipes and the deodorant are the big thing. That's, mm-hmm. that's the biggest part of our expense. Huh. I know several dentists. That should be an easy one. Yes. Yeah. L- let, me, let me ask you this. And I, 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 don't, I don't intend it for it to be a controversial question or anything. But how much of the way homeless people behave is us putting our expectations on them? You, you, you know what I mean? Yes. And I think people will live up to or down to your expectations. Yeah, I think so, too. I, I really do. Yep. I mean, like, you know, when you so many people and I'm, I'm guilty of this, too. When you see the person at the intersection holding the sign, holding the cup, asking for change, your I think your instinctual reaction is to look away. Yes. You know, I, I over the years have purposely tried to rather than give them money. 
smile and wave right or at least say hello to them but but like never try to like i I never try and give them money and i'm not saying that you're bad if you do give them money i think it's fine to give them money um if you if you want to but like don't treat them as if there's something that can be unseen or shouldn't be looked at no right yeah i suggest people keep a blessing pack in their car okay yeah so that could be the hygiene products we just talked about um maybe a couple of dollars if you if that's on your heart pair of socks but just as you're driving by and you see them hand them a blessing pack yeah instead awesome well it's it's, it's been really good talking to you i Thank really appreciate you. you sitting down and sharing i i hope you get lots of donations and and lots of love online because of this yes um matthewslight.org oh yeah that, so okay is that a good can you donate from the website yes absolutely yeah okay is there is there an if people want to get involved do they go to the website yep they can reach us from the website and if they just want to email you uh, it's Diane R. Okay. At MatthewsLight.org. Okay. I'll try and I'll try and remember that. Get it in the show notes so I can link it up. If people want to find you, they can find you. That would be great. Thank you so much for sitting down. Oh, uh, thank you for talking to me. Oh, of course. I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. Anytime. Good. And I didn't get to meet you, but it's good to see you. <laughs> thank you for the help on the name. <laughs> That's my husband. That's Pastor Ed Reynolds. Pastor Ed. Right. And if you want to talk to Pastor Ed, it's Pastor Ed at MatthewsLight.org. Oh, she's lighting you up right now. <laughs> Jojo, you want to jump in here? You want to get Richard in here? All right. I mean, I just talked to him a couple weeks ago. I'll talk to him again. <laughs> Come on. Dude, I, I have some data for you. I do. Crazy data. <laughs> We're actually going to be taking requests. Oh, look out. Hey, Jojo, can you can you like send a message to like the group to like light up the light up the feed for me? That would be fantastic. Yeah, let's get more people watching today. That's <laughs> right. How you doing, man? Good, good. Yeah. Awesome. What's, what anything new? Uh If you guys don't know, this is Richard Yepes from a couple episodes ago. Yes, episode 232. That's right. <laughs> I, think you, I think you commented like on one of our feeds is like, hey, this is good, but episode 232, that was hey, the I'm best. I'm just trying to get as many plays on episode 232. <laughs> There's a Grammy for podcasts. I'm trying to get it that direct. There should be a Grammy. Yeah. And we should win it. Yes, definitely. <laughs> definitely. No, so uh, something new. Yeah, I'm on this crazy diet. Oh, yeah? And I hate it. What's, what's the new diet? Well, I just, you know. I like crazy diets, by the way. So. I just, I just finished one. Did you? I did. You look pretty good. Well, thank you. You're looking good. <laughs> <laughs> I had to shave my mustache, but it was. That's part of, <laughs> that was four pounds it was, right it was a, It was a fatality of my marriage is what that was. Uh, no, so, you know, carbs are the enemy, blah, 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 blah. Uh-huh. I'm, just, I'm just trying to, like, do this whole uh um, intermittent fasting kind of thing. Okay. Like I hear good things. Sure. Uh, but yeah, you know, try not to eat after a certain time and all this other good stuff. You know, there's, you know, there's, if you can watch TikTok over and over and over and over again, there's going to be 50,000 fads to watch. So I'm just trying to take the stuff I like uh-huh. and make my own kind of diet from it. Okay. So you're, you're cutting carbs and you're intermittent. Mm-hmm. Okay. So what, are, what, are, what is your window? So my window is like from one to four. From one to four. That's when you're eating? Yeah. Oh, dude, that's brutal. Yeah. No, you, actually, you know, it it's actually helps because that's the time I've, 
kind of got all the work out of the way, but then, you know, one o'clock comes around and you're like, all right, we got to get up. <laughs> and then if I eat something like maybe in the middle of like 2.30 or something, then it'll kind of take me into the rest of the night because the kids coming back from school and they're keeping me occupied and it's kind of like a thing after that. Okay. So, so, so far, so good. If you talk to me next week, who knows? <laughs> so we did a 29-day fast. Okay. Where, like, no, no like we had food. Okay. But it was, we could only have... And, and really, all I was having was, like, a small protein shake during the day. Yeah. Um, if I needed something. And I eventually got to a point where I just, I just cut that out. Really? Um, but then we couldn't eat. And this, my wife and I did this together. We mm-hmm. couldn't eat until after 5.30. Okay. And the only thing that we could have is meat and veggies. Okay. But, like, no sauces. Yeah. Just salt and pepper. That was it. Yeah. And that's we that's kind of, like, along the lines of what I'm doing. It, yeah. I mean, it sounds very similar. Just, mine's just moving up. have you have you ever heard of uh peter atia no no so he might be worth checking out he's a peter atia so he is a physician that studies longevity got it and he studies the effects of long he he actually is convinced that intermittent fasting is the key to longevity okay and he I, i don't know if he's still doing it but he was doing it where he was doing all of his medical practice and then he would come home and he would eat, I think it was like at six o'clock. Mm-hmm. And he said it was like, he was, it was just, it was just brutal. Yeah. It was, I mean, he was just scarfing food down. He was eating whatever he wanted. Right. But it was like from like six to like eight, he could eat. And yeah. that was it. And, well, and I, you know, I, in, in our line of work, especially in my line of work where uh, you're sitting at a desk for a long time, period of time. And, yeah. And uh, you're snacking a lot. Yeah. That's what I, and, and I've, Cutting out the snacks has definitely helped like a page turner because you're not mm. reaching for something as much as you used to. Yeah. And if you don't know, realtors like to eat. <laughs> they like to be taking the they lunch. They like to be taking the lunch. And they, <laughs> you know, there's always a networking event. Or oh, so something. That, that's why you've got the window you got. I understand now because <laughs> you want to keep the networking it's like, opportunities. Can we meet at the library? Can we, can we read some books? You know, let's go where there's no food. Let's let's meet over a job. <laughs> you know, I actually been thinking about doing something like that because okay. it's true. Like realtors, you know, in this in this field, it's always networking, drinking, food, lunches. This lunch, come to this lunch. Yeah, finger foods here. Come to an open house. Finger foods. Come to. Uh, so I'm thinking about you know if I if I get pretty good on this thing, I, I think I think the hardest part of losing weight is doing it alone. Uh huh. Yeah. And I think if I get a lot of other people on board, I've been thinking about setting up some kind of uh, like program on, you know, just this whole initiative called Lose Weight Real Estate. Oh. And then that way, instead of meeting at a bar or something like that, you know, just, hey, you know, let, let all the agents know, hey, a bunch of us are going to meet at such and such park for 3K. Right. Like, let's all meet and we all work out together. We can network it that way, bring your cards or whatnot. But, Let's let's feel better, just kind of work on ourselves a little bit, and then we can network afterwards. But I, I think I think it'd be interesting, you know, see For how sure. many people actually, you know, take advantage of it. <laughs> oh, we, I just got a, ke- a comment from Kevin. Well, it's, uh, yeah, where's Kevin? He, he goes. He goes. What's going on? Where am I? <laughs> <laughs> You're not here, right? <laughs> Slacker, man. This is like. <laughs> The 50th million show, you're missing it. Kevin. <laughs> so I, so here's an idea for you. I, and I think if you could, if you could arrange this, right? I think, I think you would, you would dominate the real estate lending market. I think I would. Everywhere. Yeah. I think I, 
Wow, that's really loud. Yeah. It's, it has to be loud if it's and getting it, picked it, up on the microphone over and here. And it's a Honda. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not even anything worth looking at. So, <laughs> if, you, if you could set up the real estate fight club mm-hmm. where, you know, you've, you've got the Coldwell guy over here right. and the Remax guy over here, and we're going to get together and we're just going to watch them beat the ever-living hell right. out of one another. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> one, it's going to be good for the fitness. Yes. Two... Everyone's going to want to come see. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Take your bets. <laughs> That's right. And no, Who's no. getting this listing? <laughs> one night only. <laughs> Sunday, one. Sunday, Sunday. You need, you need to, like, throw the $2 million listing up. <laughs> right. Whoever, last man standing. That would make this business 100% more interesting. Oh, my gosh. If realtors had to physically fight for a listing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here for it. I would show up for that. I'm not even. That's, that's pay per view stuff right there. That's that, that's going beyond, uh, you know, Fight Club. It, yeah. It's it's literally getting people involved. You just want to you want another viral video, don't you? Is that? <laughs> she she kissed me at the last event, and I yeah. put it up as a clip, and it went nuts. Nice. And I said, I I I. I, I do. Well, Brandy, you gotta you gotta bring the eye candy on these things, you know. <laughs> yep. It's in the middle console. That was my wife. She kissed me. Yes. I, so, like, what I did on the video, I uh-huh. said, random woman, woman interrupts <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> interrupts interview. You know, these podcasts, you it never is, know what's going to happen. You never know what's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> Just random people walking up to you and kissing you. All right. Are you, are you ready for these uh, these statistics? Yes. Oh, sorry. Did you, need, did you need something, JoJo? Say what? She just, she wants to watch. She wants to be involved. Hi. Oh, there you go. Jojo, our fearless leader. All right, so here we go. This is the uh, Census Bureau. Yes. Released their numbers Mm. on the number of people moving from states and the number of people moving into certain states. Okay. So which states received the most population uptick? So meaning how many people moved into those states? Okay. And then which states had a decrease in population. Awesome. So I'm gonna, I want to I want to put it to you see see how well you do. Which let's go with the top 4. Okay. Which which states do you think were the top 4 for population increase? Well, Texas. Okay. Increase. Uh Florida? Okay. Florida's kind of like Texas. I'm not I'm not going to affirm right, any right, of these right, until, right, you, right. until you get through so the list. So Texas, Florida, okay. increase. Um, increase Tennessee. Okay. Maybe is a couple of friends of mine just moved to Tennessee and the last but not least, um, something interesting. Maybe, maybe Virginia, maybe Virginia. Yeah. Okay. So the, the top four, mm-hmm. um, you weren't far off okay. by the way, and this is based off 2022 census bureau data. Okay, number one is Florida. Okay. Number two is Texas. Got it. Number three, North Carolina. Okay. Number four, South Carolina. Oh, okay. Tennessee was number five. Okay. So you weren't far off there. Okay. But it it's a drastic drop off from Texas to North Carolina. So like Texas is what? So Florida in 2022 saw a 1.9% increase in their population. Really? Which was 318,000 people. Okay. Give or, give or take a few. That's a lot of retirees. 
Yeah, right? I don't think it's retirees, right? Florida, I mean, Texas saw a 1.6% increase in their population yeah. at 230,000. It's actually closer to 231. Um, North Carolina was a 1.3% increase at 99,000. Goodness. Yeah. I'm, not, okay. I'm, I'm giving yeah, easy yeah, yeah. numbers because right, right, right. there are specific numbers, but nobody cares. Yeah. And then South Carolina was a 1.7% increase okay. at 84,000. I wonder why the Carolinas, though. I mean, what's, I mean they have beaches. I mean, they got nice beaches over there. So, I mean. Well, and, and so I, I think I can answer that yeah. by asking you if you know the top four losers. California has to be one of them. Okay, California. Uh, uh, um, um, Washington. Okay. Are you talking about like Washington State, State or Washington, D.C.? State. Okay, Washington State. Um. Losers, uh, da, 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 da. Nevada maybe. Nevada, okay. And uh, one of these uh, eastern ones, maybe New Hampshire. New Hampshire, okay. So the top four losers: uh-huh. California, okay, was the number one loser. Got it. New York, okay. Uh, okay, I should have said that. <laughs> I was afraid to say that because it's, it's the Big Apple. You don't want to think them as losing people. Yep. But. And then Illinois, uh huh, and New Jersey, okay. Those are the top four losers. And so here's what's interesting. The numbers almost exactly coincide. (laughs) So it's like one point something left Illinois, but one point something got to Texas. Well, no, 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 no. Like the the percentages are less. Okay. But the amount of people is almost exactly the same. Yeah. It's just I, I can see New York, New Jersey, um, Illinois too. Um, well, so a lot of people don't don't do Illinois, but they forget about Chicago. Right, and that's and that's why. Chicago. And that's why, yeah. So California lost three hundred forty three thousand. Right. New York lost two hundred ninety nine thousand. Yeah. And then Illinois one hundred forty one thousand. Okay. And then New Jersey sixty four thousand. Mm-hmm. So like, I I think if you were to like take the top four and the bottom four, and I think those numbers would be almost like within 50,000. Right. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you know, I, I, what, what the craziest thing is, I guess if it just wasn't so pricey, cause the, the amount of money people make isn't increasing. So I'm, but the, the way you live in New York and New Jersey is and Chicago. Well, yeah. But like if, if, if these numbers are true, right. We're like not true. Like obviously these numbers are true, but right. like we're seeing the people from California, New York go to Texas and Florida. Right. They're able to afford a better lifestyle oh, yeah. for definitely. sure. For sure, yeah. Uh, if, if that's what's happening. We don't know for sure. One of the ones that was weird to me is, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six. The number six loser uh-huh. was Louisiana. Yeah, I believe that. A lot of people were leaving Louisiana. Because it's, I, think, I think it's all about opportunities. And I think if you're not in Louisiana, you got a handful of big towns uh, you go there for college because everybody wants to go to LSU, but then you leave there to go do something else. Yeah. Uh, but like um, Louisiana story, if you're going to Louisiana, as soon as you leave Texas, get gas. <laughs> Fill up your tank like all the way. Because in Texas, you got like a gas station every other exit. In Louisiana, there's so many bridges. Yes. I, I almost foolishly, mistakenly almost ran out of gas on one of those long oh, bridges. Oh, that long bridge. And I yeah. was sweating 
bullets <laughs> because I just in my head I was waiting for another gas station. To come <laughs> there's there's one coming right up. <laughs> I, yeah, you know I'm, I'm so spoiled in Texas. Like, buy yeah. you gas <laughs> as soon as you pass the state line in Louisiana, you fill her up because yeah. goodness gracious. And you could probably go from one end of Louisiana to the other on a tank of gas. You probably could. Yeah. yeah. Most definitely. It depends on where you start, but yeah, you could do it. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, but like, you know, the, the funny thing about Louisiana though, is like, once you leave Texas, it's sprinkling. You see that? Is it? Yeah. Oh, it is. That's not cool. No, no, no. That's going to make it interesting. Yeah. <laughs> so hopefully that doesn't pick up because I'm, I'm fine with it right now, but right. if it gets any heavier, I'm going to get this equipment out of here. Like, what, like Louisiana, man, if you stop at the gas station, there's, there's two things that are available in those gas stations that aren't in Texas. One oh, yeah. is liquor. Yeah. And the other one's boudin. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, maybe some gambling. There's gambling oh, in yeah. the gas that's, stations. That's, that's, a, that's, a, that's uh, a must. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's the craziest thing. As soon as you get in Louisiana, you're like, okay, they got boudin here, alcohol. Yeah. And then, yeah, if, there's a slot machine over there, by the way. Yeah. So, I mean, it was, it was surprising to me just because, like, Louisiana is cheap living. Yeah, like it and, is. and like, there's some there's some really pretty and, and parts the, of and Louisiana. The taxes are like crazy low. Yeah. compared to ours. So it was just weird to me. Like, I mean, like, it, because if the trend is like people are leaving to go to lower taxed states mm -hmm. and more affordable states, you know, like, you know, in Florida and Texas, I mean, like those are just like weird unicorns. <laughs> They really are. I mean, like, they're low tax, but mm -hmm. they also have a lot of opportunity right. in both of those states. Right. North Carolina, South Carolina, that one's the weird one to me. That, I, what like I, I think said. is happening is that's like a halfway point mm -hmm. between Florida and New York. Right. And I think, I think some people are like, well, I, I don't want to get, like, cooked. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see some snow every now and then. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it could be. And there's mountains, and it's pretty. Yeah. Like, North Carolina is gorgeous. Yeah. No, I've been to Charlotte. Charlotte's pretty nice. So, and, and like the ones after that, I mean, like make total sense. I mean, because after that, it's Tennessee, Georgia, Arizona, Idaho, Alabama, Oklahoma, uh, Nevada, mm -hmm. Arkansas, Montana. I mean, like all the, all the ones after that, I'm like, okay, that makes total, makes total sense. Yeah, yeah, no, most definitely. I think, uh, you know, I had to, when I had to go to Louisiana that one time, because uh, usually you just drive through it. Um, I, I, you know, I'm licensed Louisiana. You want to loan Louisiana? I can help you. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I had to help a realtor over there. And so when they were writing a contract, contract's totally different than Texas. And I'm pretty spoiled with Texas. But um, I was looking at taxes and that, it was kind of just mind blowing because I was kind of looking at what I'm used to calculating for people here in taxes. And then when I sent a good faith estimate to uh -huh. my buyer in Louisiana, he almost lost his mind. He was like, wait a minute, you got those taxes. And I was like, I don't, I don't know what, I don't know what are they. And I had to talk to the agent. He was like, man, you're, you're way overflated on those taxes. And I was like, well, what are they? He's like, they're like 0.55 in the area. Oh, wow. <laughs> and so it was just kind of like an eye opener. I was like, man, taxes are like crazy cheap in Louisiana, but I guess you got to like pick your battles, what you want, you know, how, yeah. how much, how much money can you actually make if, you know, in Louisiana, if you're not on an oil derrick or something. You know? I guess. I mean, does Louis, do you know? I mean, does Louisiana have, like, state income tax? I don't know. You don't know? I don't I, know either. They might. I mean, so. they got to get money from all these gambling casinos. I know they got to be winning off of that. I, I, I do know that if you're from Louisiana, you go to college for free. Oh, do you? Well, if it's a state school. I didn't know that. Yeah. I that's mean, like, pretty cool. I mean, at least that's... Don't quote me on that. That's that's the way, I know that's the way it used to be. That's um, what I heard. Like, all, all, like pretty much all my, I, I have a lot of family in Louisiana. They're yeah. all sugarcane farmers. Yeah. And like pretty much all of them went to Louis, Louisiana State yeah. for free. That's awesome. 
and be, because they're like residents of Louisiana. Yeah, no, I mean that's 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 good. I mean, I wish Texas would get on board, but Texas has so many big name schools, it's kind of hard to do that. They're making so much money off of everything. Oh yeah, <laughs> well, I mean, and there's enough out of state people that want to go to Texas yes. schools too. Yeah. I mean, I I think in Louisiana, like if you have any out of state people, they it's LSU. Yeah. Oh yeah. Maybe Most Tulane, definitely. but like LSU is going to be pretty much the the, the oh, location. Yeah. So those Tigers. Well, and, and I think you told me the other day, this was after we did our episode, that uh, loans are, like, loans are up. Oh, yeah. Right now, right? So, crazy thing, like, and this is after our episode we did back in January. Um, yeah, February blew up out of nowhere um, just with the amount of loans. We're having a, a big month uh, compared to what we had probably same time last year when rates were lower. Um, oh, really? Yeah. So you're doing more when... We're, we're probably when neck and neck uh, about the same. That's nuts. Um, because the, the want, you know, the want's there. I, I don't, you know, like I said... You think people are just tired of waiting? They, they, they thought they were going to wait out the interest rate? And I, I think happening? that's the biggest thing is, like, you, you thought this was going to kind of go somewhere. So maybe that one thing you said in your head is, I'll wait to the new year. Right. Um, but, of course, I can see everybody's New Year's resolution, if you don't have one, is getting home. Um but yeah, our, our our applications, our closings, February we're we're having a huge month in February, and it's it's kind of out. Of, we we didn't predict it because we thought it was usually, for all intents and purposes, the first quarter of real estate is always the slowest because mm. we're getting out of these holiday months. And um, but there they picked up. I was pretty surprised. I hope we keep it up. I hope I hope the confidence, and that's the biggest thing. I hope the confidence in buying a home is still there um, going forward. You know because rates aren't going to do anything anytime soon inflation yes has been down for the last two months and that's what they were going for but i don't see a drastic rate change anytime soon yeah um because we're still kind of going through it but i mean yeah i think i think the confidence of buying a house is is back to a point mm. which is pretty good i i read a couple of articles that was saying there was uh, some some hopefulness in the economy not in the sense that like rates are going to come down right Right. Or that much is going to change, but that we may have hit sort of like a plateau that we're going to be on for a while. Right, right. And I, I, I think for most people, like, this isn't like ideal situation, like before when we could, you know, see something sub three from time to time on mm -hmm. an interest rate. But like, this is very manageable. Yeah. Oh, and, yeah. And sustainable. Yeah. Like, my first mortgage was six and a half, and I was smitten. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, was, I was pretty happy about it. So for those of you who don't know, we're actually at a networking <laughs> event, the net. Yeah, we got we got level a of, up. Yeah, uh, and I just got here, but um, did you just uh, get here? I did. Yeah, did, like you hadn't been I, inside. Yeah, for a while? <laughs> well, I mean, I walked inside and then JoJo grabbed me and then oh, so <laughs> I was like, yeah, I like talking. <laughs> um, oh, Robert's showing up late. <laughs> <laughs> what was this guy moving? Robert with green light movers <laughs> showing up late to the event. What's going on? <laughs> I mean, you can't, you can't not call him out with his logo right behind your head. <laughs> this guy right here. <laughs> you can't, you can't, you can't use the crutches as the excuse anymore. Right, That's right. <laughs> I know. Right. That's why I told him. <laughs> He's skipping on that good foot now. That's right. He's feeling, he's feeling it. That's too funny. That's too funny. So, 
Uh, so anyway, we're, you were you were telling me interest rates are yeah. So I you know I, like I said, my first rate was six and a half, and I was pretty smitten about it. And and, and rates are still like around up, upper fives, low sixes, um, and it's not it's not going to kill you. But like I always tell people, um, if you're not going to complain to me about your twenty two percent credit card in your pocket right that's the thing that's the thing that bugs me is like really like show me your wallet <laughs> if you're walking around with a 22 percent apple card i don't fight me on your mortgage interest rate is that, that you, is that really what apple's charging it yeah Go, goldman sachs is pretty high on that apple card Dang. it's it's pretty nuts uh I think the only thing they got going for them is that they don't give you a yearly fee but they okay they charge you what they charge you um is that like is it like most other cards where if you don't pay it off at the end of the month, that's when the 22 kicks in? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. But, but and, and I'll give it to Apple. If you do have an iPhone and, and those things link together automatically, which is kind of next level, but um, that app tells you, hey, pay this, and this is what your interest is. Yeah, no, I mean, I think it's cool because a lot of other credit card companies, you're kind of just guessing and saying, well, what if I pay half my card or what if I pay 75%? That, the way the Apple card works, if you say, look, I can't pay the full amount, but I can only pay X, it's going to say, okay, well, if you can only pay X, you're only going to pay this much interest. Right. So at least you can kind of plan for that opposed to where Capital One, I've, I've never had a point where I was like, hey, I noticed you're only paying half of what your bill is. Right. Um, but thanks anyway. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, Citibank's actually pretty good about that. Really? They'll, they'll let you know because they do a lot of, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? <clears throat> Where it, you know, like that you can buy like a big item and it's 0% okay. for so many months. Right. But then they'll let you know like, hey, this thing is expiring pretty soon. Okay. Here's what you got left to pay yeah. in order so that that doesn't happen. No, um, then, yeah, that's good. Um that same day 12 months financing i right. think a lot of people take advantage of that for sure yeah, yeah. no i, I mean I like we're, we're fixing to start offering it in our company for like big ticket items where people people can get zero percent interest for 12 months and it's it's because those most people like and you, and you know this most people just right. don't have that kind of cash on hand right to do those kinds of big ticket items or those unexpected items um that they need that they need to happen for their home you know, like you start thinking about, you know, like a, a $10,000 air conditioner repair. Yeah. I mean, I, I think if, I think anytime you can kind of do something like that, because like you said, not a lot of people have that kind of money just kind of on hand and you could do like a six to 12 months. I, I know when I got my tires from Discount Tire, you know, I mean, right. four sets tired now, they set you back $1,500. Easy. Yeah. Easy. Um, and if you're not walking around $1,500 or you just don't want to pay that at that point, I know, I know that. Discount tired as a 90 day same as cash kind of initiative. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's good that to know that, uh, you know, Excalibur is offering different financial packages to get its services. <laughs> yeah. <it's, laughs> might as well. Right, right. No, definitely. Yeah. Uh, Anything else cool happening in the market right now? In the market? I mean, no. I mean, so we like the great thing I like about my company is that we are a mortgage company. So they're always thinking outside the box on how to provide just different kind of mortgages to reinstill that confidence. So today we had a meeting. Um, so FHA, uh, which is a three and a half percent government loan. FHA is a uh, federal housing administration loan, 30 year fixed. So three really, really quick, three, you said three and a half, that's what you'd have to do as the down payment. Yeah. Okay. So it requires three and a half percent down. Um, Today, we announced that we're offering a down payment assistance to coincide with that loan, uh, where a lot of other down payment assistance 
have requirements for coinciding with that loan. Uh -huh. We're taking the first time home buyer off the table. We're taking the income limit off the table. So you could be a re repeated buyer, make as much as a doctor. And as long as you meet the credit requirements and all the debt to income requirements, so you, if you need the down payment assistance, we have that to offer you. And so, so how much, how much of, of assistance are you guys offering? Up to 5%. So we'll, we'll cover the three and a half percent down plus some closing costs. So now on, on an FHA, can you only do the three and a half percent once? What do you mean? Like, because I know you only get so many FHA loans in your lifetime. No, you can get an FHA. You just can't have two. And, and there's a great line to that. You just can't have two FHA loans at one time because an time. FHA is a primary property product. Okay. Um, like you can't say, Hey, I want to buy an investment home on an FHA. Um, however, let's just say you live, uh, if you live in Florida right. and you're making that move to Texas, um, and you had an FHA uh -huh. in Florida, but now you're coming to Texas. This is where they moved you. This is where your new job is. Um, you can get another FHA and have two at one time. It just, it's a, it's a huge distance thing, but, yeah. but FHA, because it is a government loan, they want to strictly be a primary property product. That's, okay. that's what they're geared for. Why, why did I think you could only have like, for some reason, 16 is sick, sticking in my head. Like you can only have like so many FHAs in your like on no, your as as long as you like, if I sold a home and went to get another one, you can, you can get as FHA loans many times. Really, like. interesting. Yeah, definitely. So, down payment assistance up to five percent. So you guys are covering like a, a percent and a half mm -hmm. above what the requirement is. Right. So how does that work exactly? So, so uh, would, would that would that amount then just be added back into the loan? No. So the great thing is, is so the down payment is three and a half percent. We cover that three and a half percent on that down payment. Uh, and then you have third party fees. You have title company title companies. Taking oh, so that up. extra percent and a half is in order to cover those. So the extra percent and a half is going to cover those third party fees that um, coincide with your loan that we don't have control over. So the good thing is, is if you need someone, to, uh, if you need some additional money to pay for that. So where an average person would bring $15,000 to a two and $150,000 loan, you know, that just got reduced to under five grand. That's, that's <laughs> awesome. So it makes home buying a lot more affordable and easy. So before the show started, I was actually talking to one of the servers here. Okay. And he was, he was asking me, he's like, hey, what's the, what's the show about? And I was like, what's the homeowner show? And he's like, ah, I can't buy a home. <sighs> and I'm like, well, why not? And he goes, I don't have any credit. Yeah. I'm like, why don't you have any credit? And he goes, I don't know. I don't want to mess with that stuff. And I was like, dude, just buy a credit card. Oh, yeah. like, get, get, your, get a credit card buy a candy bar mm -hmm. once a month, pay it off and you'll have credit. Yeah. Like, so, but like, what, what about people that don't have credit? So if you have what's called a zero, a true zero, <laughs> they call it a, a true zero. Um, not, Hey, I used to have credit, but I got out of the credit game and I had some collections and now I just don't have any credit. Right. Um, a true zero is like, you've never established credit at all because like that server, he just, I was afraid of it. They want to get into it or just, Which I don't blame him. Right, right. No, definitely. If you, I still think that credit awareness should be taught in our schools, but <laughs> that's another topic. You willing to teach that class? Isn't <laughs> hey, <laughs> I, I actually used to do, uh, if anybody's familiar with Depelchin, Depelchin um, is a foster care company here in Houston uh, and they help foster kids that age out of foster care. Okay. And I used to teach a class called the economy of me to those kids before uh -huh. they got fostered out because unfortunately um, af 
at 18, they're gone. Yeah, they're they're done. Yeah, they can't get so like. I mean, there are assistance programs, of but like they're they're done with. Yeah. So so Depelchin did quite a bit. They actually get you know they were able to go to college for free, and then they were able to set them up with a couple of things. But heck, that economy piece, like I said, it's the economy of you, it's the economy of me. Like they weren't getting that, and I, I mm. think money is the only common denominator uh, among all of us, especially if if you're an orphan. And yeah. About to go on on your own. Um, but you, yeah, you need to talk to my wife about this. She she used to work with Love Fosters Hope. I don't oh, know really? if you, are you familiar no, with them? It's a, it's a it's a foster care organization, okay. and they actually they actually have a house not far from here. Okay, uh, where they offer free housing to kids who have gone through their programs that have aged out of foster care. Okay, so like they have. A so place it's after there. Yeah. Oh, awesome. Um, That's awesome. And so like education and mentoring is a big part of what they do. And okay. like you're you're absolutely right. I mean like they they just don't have life skills. Mm-hmm. Because they've been institutionalized for so most of them right. have, for so long, right. or have been passed around from house to house, and they just they've never had the chance to develop those skills. Mm-hmm. So someone like you that can come in and actually teach those. those yeah, skills. it was it, it was a great class. I mean, because it, it was a two week class, and it was a two week class, and so um, again, we had all the study material. They had all these handouts. They, you know, we gave them everything. We made it fun. It wasn't just like, hey, learn this and we'll do this, it, you know. And at the end of the two weeks, we had what's called a real life, uh, uh, a real life um, activity where we would have different booths set up in the gym, uh-huh. and each booth was cars, our um, housing, our like so, and we would give everybody a handout. They didn't know what their, uh, they didn't want, know what their job was, so we'd say, okay, here's all the handouts, and they'd say, okay, well, I'm a nurse and I make this much money. And so they would, they, they would have this limit they would have to stick to and then go into the gym and, and you had to have housing, you had to have a, your transportation. And so what the awesome thing was is that you give them all these limits, especially on the cars, you know, it has, you know, you have your Corvettes, so right, your, yeah. your Honda, and then, and then like there's a place for pets and there's a place <laughs> for like going out. And so it's so funny because they're going through each one and they realize how much all this stuff costs. And then they're backtracking. They're like, okay, well, maybe I don't need the Corvette. Maybe I, <laughs> maybe I do need a bicycle or a bus pass. And so, like, I always ask, this is my favorite question when after it's all said and done. I was like, how many people started off with a dog when it all started? And everybody's training there. I was like, how many people have dogs now? And everybody's like, they're like those things are expensive. <laughs> Got to feed it. So it, it, was, it, was, it was pretty cool to do that uh, and just kind of just eye-opening experience with those kids uh but it was really good any anytime you can take young kids through like a budgeting sort of situation yeah i guess it, it tends to be eye-opening like here's your rent here's your groceries right here's your utilities yeah here's your taxes here's the i mean here's all of it mm-hmm. like and and sort it out yeah like and you know it, it's funny how conservative they become like and i don't mean like politically right like i mean just like no with their own money yeah i mean i mean when it when you kind of have your own i mean i did with that with my son uh, when he started to work, I was like, look, I don't care what you do with this and this, but 10% of your check needs to go here. Yeah. I was like, no. And even now that he's in the Marines, um, I set him up an IRA. I was like, okay, this much money a month has to go into here. Yeah. Um, because my parents never told me about this stuff. Right. Yeah. And, and, and I think, unfortunately, they just didn't know. And I'm, I'm glad that I can just say, look, this is what you got to do. And if I'm not here to make you a millionaire, you're going to be a millionaire on your own. Um, but this is how you have to do it. And I think now that he's it's being deducted from his check and things like that, he, yeah. like we'll go somewhere and he'll be like, oh, maybe I don't need that. Maybe I don't need those Oakleys. <laughs> <laughs> 
can we go to Walmart and get? Yeah, but but if you if you can set it up on like an automatic withdrawal. Oh yeah. I mean, like if you do that as a young person, mm-hmm. one, you're you're developing the discipline. Right. Two, it's like okay, now it just becomes routine, and like you don't even notice it over time because it's always being taken out. It's just it's never present in your bank account. Of course. To yeah. to to, to sight, be a temptation mind. to like, oh, well, I'll skip it this month. Yeah. You know whatever. It's it, you know, it's, it's setting up that automation for future wealth. Right. No, definitely, definitely. Yeah. I mean, again, like I, I wish it was something that was told to me, and but. When I finally found out about it, it's kind of like the eye opener. Man, why am I doing this the whole time? Yeah, um, I was wasting on women, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> except for the one, right? Except <laughs> for the one. Uh, how was your Valentine's Day? Oh, dude. So we, uh, my wife doesn't like Valentine's. <laughs> nice. Uh, yeah, <laughs> She's a keeper. <laughs> so. We, we, we have some fun traditions that we do. So I don't even think I've told this story on the, on the show before, but one of our first fights as a couple nice. was over Valentine's Day. Um, and we <laughs> What were, do you mean you don't like it? Uh, yeah. <laughs> What's what, a five stores? <laughs> well, it was, it was when we were dating, and she, we, were, we actually had a long-distance relationship. She was living in Dallas, and I was okay. living in Houston. And... Uh, I Valentine's Day was coming up and I was making a fuss about having to do anything about it just because I was stupid and she was like well, why is this a big deal and I was and so I came up with this really dumb thing mm-hmm. that I said to her which was <laughs> look you making me celebrate Valentine's Day is like me making you celebrate Arbor Day as if Arbor Day was important to right, me right, I, was right. like, I was like if Arbor Day was really important to me and I made you celebrate it this is what this feels like. It's right. like you making me celebrate this. So after we got engaged, do you know what day she picked for our wedding? <laughs> Arbor Day. Arbor Day. Arbor nice. Day. Yeah. So every year on Valentine's Day <laughs> and our anniversary, uh-huh. do you know what she gets? Trees. Trees. <laughs> <laughs> so oh, on man. Valentine's Day, I gave her a peach tree. Nice. nice. <laughs> and, and she loves it now. It's 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 sweet and it's romantic. It's the ongoing joke. It's it's the ongoing joke. Nice. So we and we have a we actually have a pillow that stays on our bed all the time, and it's uh what is it? how does it go? Oh, marriage. It's it, it's it's a saying. It says marriage is all about winning. Yeah. And that's that's the that's one of the ways I win. Yeah. Is. <laughs> I did something who's, really who's dumb. Winning today? Yeah, that's right. That's right. When when I was young, I did something dumb. But here's how I'm winning now. Right. Because right. because of that stupid thing that I did. So, so I I, bef- after we talked back in January, there was something about you I did not realize. Yeah. I did not realize you'd been a fireman. Yes. How long were you a fireman? Eleven years. Were you really? Yeah. Was it was it uh, Houston Fire Department? Uh, Cy Fair. Cy Fair. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so I I I got in as a firefighter and uh. Um, yeah, uh, December 28th, and this what is going on with this rain? I know, it's like starting to come. Um, December 28th was my last shift, uh, 2022. Uh, oh, wow, so yeah. like pretty recently. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. I was, so for the first part of my, my, my career, I was just a standard pipeman firefighter, and then for the, like, the last half, I was an EO engine operator. Okay. Uh, so I got, to, I got to drive those nice big trucks. You got the big wheel in the back. Honk and <laughs> tell people to get out of my way, and. So, uh, I, so as as far as like a, a home structure question, yeah. because I imagine this is something you experience. What is, as far as fire is concerned, like what's the most vulnerable place in your home? Uh, believe it or not, um, 
what we call it in the fire service. And uh-huh. if there's a beep, let's get that beep. The shitter fan. Oh. Oh, like the exhaust fan. Mm-hmm. Because people turn them on and never turn them off. Well, it's not only that. Uh, it, it, it's the motor in that is not like an industrial motor that you think it would be. And then plus, you have to understand that thing's sucking dust and all kinds of whatever. And combustibles. So, combustibles. <laughs> and, and so like when that fan goes out, um, the, you know, that's nothing but attic space above it. And so when that fan goes out or has electrical whatever, um, and y'all don't, you know, nobody really pays any mind, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll empty out the lint, you know, and the washer and dryer, and they'll, they'll, they'll do the air ducts. They'll get all that stuff out of there. But that one place they just think it's a well-oiled machine and, <laughs> and they don't clean it and they just that much that that fan that in that motor assembly is not you know it's it's not a ge it's not going <laughs> to last you the rest of your life and so we get a lot of unfortunately we get a lot of house fires that start in that area are they smoke are they cause you know they set off fire alarms so you know aside from the obvious hey the kitchen and you know do this and the, you don't know how to put a grease fire yes that's always one of them but which, I mean, just back up to that one real quick, because I think that's an important one to tell you. Right. If you don't know how to put it out of grease fire. Yes. Do not use water <laughs> on a grease go. fire. Do not use water just because water evaporates and then it spreads in that grease. And yeah. it's it. we've seen a lot of that as well. I, I would imagine if you're in the kitchen, one of the best things to use would be like a sack of flour. Yes, that, that, that works perfect. Okay. Or, or just throwing the lid on it. Uh, sometimes if you have that lid nearby and it, it starts to flame up on you just because you just have it too hot. And if you throw a lid on it, it's going to kill itself. Yeah. Uh, cause you're taking away the oxygen. You're taking away that, that one piece that it needs to survive. And, and so flour is good. Uh, throwing the lid on it or just calling your fire department. If you're completely scared and getting out of the house. Yeah. I mean, cause grease fires can, I mean like they can get pretty oh, no. big really quick. Oh, they can get pretty bad. And you have to understand everything in your kitchen or everything in your house nowadays is combustible. It's not like the homes that, you're, you know, we probably grew up in that everything's made out of wood and it's all sturdy and there's no chemicals in it. Uh, you know, if you think about your kitchen right now, what's above it? Well, you got a plastic ventilating fan and plastic here and plastic there and um, the fluorescent lights, you know, all that stuff melts. Um, and once it starts melting, I mean, that, it combusts. Yes. I mean, like it, it catches fire and then it spreads. Oh, yeah, most definitely. So, so yeah, so the, just kind of one thing to kind of keep uh, and also if you don't have a fire extinguisher in your house why not <laughs> yeah and you can get them at costco anywhere really walmart uh you know get a little one and and the great thing about the fire extinguishers you buy at stores they're chemical based um they're not like the fire extinguishers you're kind of seeing like big industrial buildings they're chemical based so if you do get a grease fire those are perfect as well it's going to make a little bit of a mess but at least you're going to save your house yeah uh so just throw one underneath the sink and hopefully you never have to use it but i mean are the are the newer one. fire extinguishers lasting longer than some of the like like if you have a fire extinguisher in your kitchen from like 1984 right i mean you probably need to upgrade <laughs> right <Most I> mean, <laughs> right right but are, are the newer ones lasting longer so those those dry kim ones do last a little bit longer okay uh, just because of uh, the settlement you know like uh, you don't have to go in there and shake it every once in a while but um, it's not, they may not be full strength when you initially get them as far as a spray is concerned, but it's going to come out of there. Um, but I always, I always use the turning back the clock scenario for all my fire stuff. So when, you know, when it's pay, when it's daylight savings, when you move your clock forward and move the clock back, check your fire detectors and check your fire extinguishers because you're only doing it, you know, twice a year. It's not hurting anything. 
hey, I'm moving my clock, and here are all the things I have to do in those initiatives. Let's check the fire extinguishers. Let's check the um, fire detectors, and then you can move on with your day. But, if, you know, it doesn't really hurt to set those two dates as a reminder. Yeah. So on, on average, how long should those things be lasting? Uh, well, fire extinguishers, you know, batteries usually last about a year. Uh, if or in some fire extinguishers, not fire extinguishers, uh, fire uh, detectors usually the batteries last about a year. The good ones uh, are connected to the wiring in your house. Uh, so they, they're ongoing. You just might want to just clean them, vacuum them out, make sure they're not having any dust or anything like that. Oh, the dust will prevent them from... Well, the dust will like set off a false trigger. In oh, some okay. So you just want to make sure that there's no dust and things like that because, you know, you don't want a false trigger. But yeah, I mean, as long as you do it, just kind of maintenance. I mean, uh, they, they should last for a while, uh, a good while. I haven't really seen one kind of go out i mean i think when they start turning yellow because of the plastic you might want <laughs> you might want to replace them at that point in get, time but get a little age on them just give them the maintenance they need <laughs> give them some love <laughs> well any anything else you want to you want to let everybody know about no i mean uh you know just uh if we're not part of this group you know the whole reason why i'm here today is we're uh, this this networking group as uh the net awesome yeah, all small businesses, yep. uh, you know, me being a loan officer, you know, my company's nationwide. It's, you know, next mortgage is small town. So, you know, the great thing about this, the, this group of small businesses is that we're just trying to grow. We're trying to provide services to you, whether it be exterminating or, or you know, you know, affordable air care or plumbing and things like yeah. that. Um, you know, we want to provide that best service. And I think when you get word of mouth, I think when someone refers you somebody and says, Hey, you need to call this guy for the, such and such reading. I think it goes a lot further than you Googling yourself. For sure. Um, yeah. And so that's, that's all we're trying to do here tonight is just, you know, network and meet new people. And that way when I'm at a closing or someone, you know, and I, and I talked to Jojo about this yesterday, I, I, I went to a closing on Monday and my buyer specifically, he was like, hey, I'm new. He, he just first time home buyer. He moved to Texas and he doesn't know an exterminator. He doesn't know a mover. He doesn't know, um, you know, so me as a loan officer, the great thing is I'm going to start providing this nice little PDF pamphlet or, or like closing package. So I can say, look, here are all the people I affiliate with and mm -hmm. you can call them if you need these services. And I think that's going to go a long way with our group because it's going to be able to um, let my buyers know, hey, if you need a mover to move into the new house or if you need someone to help you do plumbing or whatnot or, you know, with your home, here's a group of people that are already vetted because they're part of this group. They network with me, and, and, and uh, I think that's going to help a lot of my buyers. Cool. Man, I appreciate you sitting down with me. Oh, man, I anytime. You anytime you, you need a third wheel. <laughs> Kevin's the third Kevin wheel. gets sick. He's you know, the third I'm wheel. In, <laughs> Every, everyone else is way above me. <laughs> yeah, it works for peanuts. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> well, do, do you think you could rustle me up, somebody? I'll uh, go find you someone. Find me? All right. Yeah. I'm going to see what, what else is going on.